Welcome to another audio podcast from Christchurch Christian I find it really interesting that Paul, as he writes this letter, first of all, when he started, he said, Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. He, ex- he emphasizes his authority with a church that was full of problems and difficulties. And yet here in the beginning of chapter 3, he starts off, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as spiritual but as worldly. But he says, brothers and sisters. And he, he puts himself down alongside them. Not above them, even though he was the guy who planted the church. But alongside them as one of them. Let's just read those verses. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as spiritual but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere men? What, after all, is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, says Paul. Apollo watered it, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building." I find this a really encouraging passage in one way, and yet it's challenging too, isn't it? Paul says, I couldn't address you as spiritual. He diagnoses the problem. Why were they not spiritual? He says they're still worldly because there is jealousy and quarreling among them. The gospel of Jesus Christ had made a change in their life, but there were some things that still had not been rooted out. Now, I think we can all identify with that. Some things change immediately when we come to faith in Christ. Before I became a Christian, not at home because I'd get a beating from my dad, but when I was at school, I was really foul-mouthed. And when I came to faith in Christ, that stopped instantly. I've heard testimonies from other people. They had a drink problem. They came to faith in Christ and the problem stopped instantly. Or they had a problem with smoking or with drugs or with some other thing. But other things remain. And it doesn't always happen instantly with those things for everyone. There are some things that change when we come to faith in Christ. Usually the things that have been preoccupying us, things that are right at the forefront 
in our lives that we knew about, we, could, we, we understood were issues. But not everything goes instantly. Paul says that they were still worldly. And we think of the world in which we live. And uh, the world in which we live has so many things around us that preoccupy people. Uh, And the Bible says that we are to be in the world but not of it. And that is a real challenge. There is no place for being separate, exclusively separate. Uh, I've in the past had contact with people from a brethren background and they only form businesses with other Christians to maintain certain standards and values. I've come across doctors' practices like that. There's nothing wrong with that. But the Bible doesn't say that we have to work like that. In many occupations, you have to rub shoulders day by day with people who are not Christians, who don't share our Christian values, and who are worldly. And Paul was talking not to non-Christians, he was talking to men and women who were brothers and sisters in Christ. And he says they're still worldly. And this had a consequence for Paul. He said, I gave you milk, not solid food. A newborn baby doesn't start off on rump steak. You wouldn't dream of it, would you? Starts with milk, something that they can manage, something that is digestible and is also a really balanced diet. But as a child grows, it is weaned and eventually moves on to solid food. Often with things like rice and vegetables and stuff done as a puree. And then they start to get a few gnashes and they can start to chew. And then we start to give them pieces of bread. And then we go on to meat and so on. So Paul says you were... I haven't addressed you as spiritual but as worldly. Mere infants in Christ. And that is not God's plan for any of us, that we should remain infants in Christ. Every, new, every, every parent knows when they have a newborn child, what they're looking forward to, they enjoy the moment, but they're looking forward to growth and development and change. And that is challenging. If you're a grandparent, you have all the blessings of seeing your grandchildren without the responsibility of them having them 24-7. That's a great blessing. It's a great uh, relief to some. But you expect them to change, to grow, to develop, to mature. I get a great delight from seeing the kids in Sunday school. You know, some of them, well, all, almost all of them, we've we, we known the parents before they had their children. We've been here that long. And now they're growing and they're changing and they're developing and they're, 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 they're young people. 
And it's so delightful to see them in that way because it's progress. And there is this strict parallel between that kind of progress and our progress in Christ. We need to go on from infancy to maturity. And that can be really challenging. There can be things that we want to hold on to that we enjoy that God says are not for you. And we have to leave them behind. Jealousy and quarrelling. Could be other things. It could be gossip. A little bit of juicy information that you really didn't need to know. Or party spirit. Paul refers back to chapter 1, where he says, My brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another says, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. And still another, I follow Christ. And Paul refers back to this. And he says, who are these people? Who am I? Who is Apollos? We are servants. We are servants. And we have been instruments in leading you to Jesus. I was converted under the ministry of Billy Graham. I went to a Billy Graham film when I was 13. And I was deeply troubled at the time as a youngster. There were issues in my life which I couldn't sort out and I knew everything was going to go pear-shaped. And I went to this film. I, I don't very often respond to posters. But I saw this poster down at the co-op hall. They were going to show this film called Wiretapper. And uh, I was really challenged. And I was there on my knees and I gave my life to Christ. And my life changed because the Holy Spirit was at work. But I am not a disciple of Billy Graham. I never have been. I respect the man. I admire the man. One of the most, the most greatly used evangelists ever down the centuries has preached the gospel to more men and women than anyone else because of the stadium and also the modern media. And greatly used. I've been at meetings of Anglican clergy when someone has said, all those who, who came to faith in Christ through the ministry of Bill Graham, raise your hand. And 50% put their hands up. But I am not of Billy Graham. Billy Graham is a servant. Servant of God used to bless many people. And in the same way Paul here says, "Who? what is Paul? What is Apollos? Only servants. Channels to be used by God. That's important to understand. It's not very helpful 
when people in a church start dividing or focusing around different individuals in the life of the church. That, says Paul, is a sign of immaturity, not of maturity. That is a sign of infancy and not of adulthood. And one of the things that Paul says here, so neither he who plants, that was Paul, Paul was the church planter, and he who waters, that was Apollos, he was the pastor, or anything. The person who's really something is God who gives the increase. You know, back in the summer I planted lots of vegetables and stuff on the allotment and while I was away in September my friend Richard went down there and he watered things for me. But it wasn't my fruit or my, 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 my produce or his produce because God gave the increase. And I thank God for the blessing of the stuff that we had off it. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, but each has his reward. Richard got cucumbers and tomatoes. That was his reward. We got a bit more. You get a reward according to your own labour. And we'll see that further on in this chapter on on another occasion. But what Paul does say is quite simply this, in verse 9. We are God's fellow workers. And I think this is something we need to emphasise. When we do things because we are men and women who are Christians, who are believers, who have come to faith in Christ, We become fellow workers with God. Fellow worker is someone who is in fellowship with. I did a study once, many years ago, of the word fellowship in the Greek, koinonia. And you know, koinonia is a word in Greek which only exists with prepositions. Fellowship in, fellowship with, fellowship by, fellowship through... It's always conditional on a preposition. And it's like that with us as fellow workers. We are linked unavoidably with God our Father as we work together. We are fellow workers. We work together with him. He works through us because he's given us his Holy Spirit. We are God's fellow workers You are God's field, God's building. One of the things I I, I often say is that a building site is a mess. Back in the 80s, we had a huge amount of building uh, in the area where we were living. The largest private housing development in Europe at the time. They were building 8,500 houses and I used to walk around the foundations of the houses on the different builders' sites and pray and walk. And you could do that then. Now you can't. They're all fenced off. Not allowed there. Health and safety, you know, fair enough. They're dangerous places. But every site was a mess. 
It doesn't matter what stage they're at, whether it's just the, the footings have been put in but not filled in, um, whether, whether they've got the foundations in or, or bits of wall have gone up or even if the, the roof had gone on, even inside there were wires everywhere, bits of pipe and all sorts of things. It was a mess. It was a construction site. The final outcome was somewhere desirable to live. But you have to go through the messy stage to get there. And it says, we are God's field, God's building. And God wants to work on us like a field or a building site. It can be a bit painful, it can be a bit difficult. You can't always see the end from the beginning because it's not possible. But what God is doing is changing us and making us something different. Making something for his glory. And that's, that's really exciting. I used to go and pray on these foundations. As they, all the different builders, they usually build about 50 houses at a time. And so there was a building plot there and a building plot there and a building plot there and an open space here. And then uh, a year or so later, this, build, this open space was being built on and the others were finished uh, and other work was being developed. But God answered our prayers. It's now the most thriving Anglican church in the Bristol Diocese. And many, many people in that area coming to church who've given their lives to Christ. God has done it. But it's not my work. It was what God did. We were fellow workers. And those who are still there are fellow workers. We are fellow workers in God's field. God wants to use us to build his church. He can't do it if we're all still infants. We have to go on to maturity. We have to progress and move forward. Paul had to treat these Christians in Corinth like babes in Christ because they hadn't left behind the things of immaturity and moved on to develop so they could take the solid meat that God wanted for them. That's a challenge for each one of us. You know, there are one of the things that's a, a problem in the life of many churches today. You know, people come and go. People don't like what they hear from the pulpit, so they go to another church where they hear something which is more pleasing. But God wants us to put down roots. He wants us to put down roots in one place and stay put and see things through. Now, that can be challenging, but it's also a blessing. If we put down roots and we see things through, we see the hard times, we see the problems and the difficulties, but we also see the blessings that God has in store for us. And that's good. And God wants us to have stickability, I think is the word that we use today. It's not something the society in which we live has, it's something that we have to learn. We, have, we live in a society where everything's instant uh, and you don't have to persevere. If you don't, you know, you, 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 can, you can move on, you can change things and all the rest of it. And um, it isn't always that way. We, we've been writing our Christmas cards this week 
uh, and there are one or two people. There's a, there's a couple in Bristol. They've lived in the same house ever since we've known them, back in 1980 or 81. Uh, and um, there we've got various friends who've always lived in the same place. Uh, and there aren't too many people like that. I had an aunt and uncle, and they lived in Croydon. And um, they lived in the same house since the day they got married until they had to move into residential care. That's really unusual today. Most people move around, at least from time to time, if not all the time. Especially younger people, they move where the jobs are, and so on. God wants us to put down roots. It doesn't mean to say we can't move around, it doesn't mean to say you don't change your job, of course that happens, we know that. But when it comes to the body of Christ, God wants us to make a commitment so that we can be mature in Christ, so that we are seeking one aim, and that is that we are God's fellow workers, that we are his field and his building, and that he can use us and make us a blessing to others. Amen. 